What's up, everyone, and welcome to the weekly Q&A. You might notice that Molly is now living out my ultimate fantasy because I uh, won the, from a certain point of view, bet that we made a few months ago uh, guessing what stories would be in the From a Certain Point of View Empire Strikes Back book, and whoever guessed more correctly would have to wear something, uh, an outfit chosen by the other person, and obviously that's what I chose. Also, real quick before questions, uh, the next few weeks are going to be in support of the Hyper Toy Drive with our friends over at the Beyond the Blast Doors podcast network. The drive is for Toys for Tots, and it's crazy easy to participate. There's a link to more information and an Amazon wish list in the description. Just go to the wish list, pick a toy you'd like to send to a child in need, and then select the registry address for delivery. It's as easy as that. If you want to do some good this season, this is a great way to send some joy and Star Wars to someone who could really use it. Our first question today comes from Jacatrix, who asks if Moff Gideon could offer to trade Bo-Katan the Darksaber for the child? <gasps> no! I think that's a great idea. I th- Like, I read that, and I was like, that's really smart. No. I don't want Bo-Katan to steal the child. Uh, she might not. It might. I mean, we don't. I, I'm not saying that Bo-Katan would go for it, mm. but the idea that Gideon would be like, "I know you want this, and I want that." That temptation for Bo-Katan. That's really great. Like where Bo-Katan is a, a hero, or that we all like. She's still got some darkness in her, but like we're rooting for her, and we're rooting for Din at the same time. But now, like, their once are colliding with each other. I think that's great storytelling. Yeah. I, I could see that. I could also see maybe Bo-Katan, like, agreeing to it, but also using it as a way to, like... Manipulate Gideon? Yeah, or, or just <laughs> a, a way to, to finagle the plan and, and secretly get Mando's help. So, like, they use the baby as a trap or something. Sure. But I, I think that you might be onto something, Jake. I think that's a really smart idea. And I'm like, I kind of want to see what would happen if that presented itself. Lewis Sutcliffe wants to know how big Moff Gideon's forces actually are if he has a fleet. Yeah, so that last chapter, well, I guess it was chapter 11 because we're recording this before chapter 12, but... Uh, they mentioned a fleet. So it sounds like Gideon's got a sizable force. I hope, I'm still hoping to see like a smaller fleet. One that's still impressive and dangerous, but like I'd love to see like an Arquidens class uh, cruiser in live action instead of him like, look at all these Star Destroyers I have. Like maybe he has a lot of smaller craft, still a lot of them, but uh, not like a full-on Imperial fleet. Yeah, I don't know if I want to see a, a full-on Star Destroyer that he has, or like I, I kind of think we're going to see his compound soon, if not in the next episode. Yeah, I don't know if <laughs> we're recording this the Thursday before uh, the, the next episode, so when they go back to Navarro, we very well could see Gideon. We could see more of his forces. We don't know right now. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't mind maybe one Star Destroyer, like if they built up to it and maybe it's really battle damaged or something. Like, I just don't want it to be like, Endor never happened and this Imperial still has so many resources. I'd like to see him, uh, be a threat, but not like overwhelming. 
It'd be interesting if it were kind of like the Tanta V4 on Agent Claus, like it's a Star Destroyer, but it's basically just an on-ground base. Mm, that is a cool idea. Uncle Juan Kenobi asks if Din will ever replace the Razor Crest or improve it over time. I'm going to guess improve it over time just because of all the merchandise that they've sold of the Razor Crest. Uh, and he, he seems pretty attached to it. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's already kind of an iconic Star Wars ship, and I don't think they're going to throw that away. But I do like the idea of it. I mean, yeah, it's been really beat up. Uh, it, it's kind of the way that Din's armor represents like him and his lost integrity. I kind of like the idea that the Razor Crest might represent all of the Mandalorian people. And it's like they're battered, they're beat up, but they can be repaired and they can evolve and be improved from what they used to be. So I think that would be cool to see over time. Jamie Garcia wants to know if we could see Tia Sakaar as Sabine in The Mandalorian. I mean, I think that Katie Sackhoff playing Bo-Katan opens a lot of doors, but I do think it will be kind of a case-by-case basis. I personally think that Tia Sakaar could work depending on how they were to go about it, if that were to happen. Yeah, I mean... It's definitely a possibility. It's also whether or not the voice actors want to play their their live action counterparts. Um, and I think it also could come down to creatively a Dave Filoni choice. Um, sure. But it, it would definitely be awesome to see her in the suit, you know all painted and yeah and i mean she was in the good place like i've seen her live action work and i I liked her in the good place but also just in general i think there's a lot of possibility here with someone like kevin mckid playing finn rao who looks a lot like finn rao like i wonder if they started kind of designing characters around their voice actors for this reason yeah and there's certainly i know there's other actresses Uh, out there that have been kind of fan cast as would be cool for Sabine but I don't know we'll just have to wait and see yeah it's still kind of a like we don't even know if this is going to happen yet yeah Kojiro asks if Palpatine could have orchestrated Shmi's kidnapping in Attack of the Clones I've seen that idea thrown around here and there and I, I wouldn't put it past him but I don't know. I also don't want to give Palpatine too much credit in Anakin's fall. Um, I don't, like, I, I think part of the point of Anakin's story is just uh, him losing people and fearing another loss and not being, uh, I don't know, nurtured by the Jedi Order in any way. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like th- this kid that lost his mother was taken from his mother i guess and then loses her and it's just kind of like well you know you gotta let that go no attachments now (laughs) yeah i I like to think that this was not orchestrated by palpatine it um it definitely helped him down the road to seduce anakin but i imagine the tuscan raiders and palpatine don't have a, a working relationship <laughs> i i think they the tuscan raiders that kidnapped shmi are kind of like wild bad guy versions of the tuscan raiders we've seen 
kind of the good guy versions, so to speak, in The Mandalorian. Um, and then a lot of people were kind of questioning, okay, what does that mean for the ones who kidnapped Shmi? Uh, I, I think that those guys were just bad guys. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't, I don't think Pal- Palpatine hired them to do that. Yeah, I don't think that all Tusken Raiders are the same. Some clans probably really, really hate the settlers and the moisture farmers and really go after them. And some of them are probably like, hey, we try to live our lives. And if if you attack us, we'll attack you back. But uh, things are tense. But it doesn't mean that all of them are out there raiding and pillaging. And um, But yeah, I don't want to give Palpatine like just all of the credit for everything that happened to Anakin. I, I think he saw his way in how to get his hooks into Anakin. I think that's kind of what his strength is, is seeing people's weaknesses and how to exploit them. Uh, and he didn't necessarily have to uh, have Shmi kidnapped and killed in order to convert him. That's it for patron questions. If you're a patron and you didn't see your question answered here, just head over to Patreon where we left you a written response. If you're not a patron, you can learn more by following the link in the description. Just a dollar a month will get you access to extra Star Wars Explained content like audio commentaries for the films, and we're doing audio commentaries for the Clone Wars episodes as they come out. As of right now, uh, we're up through chapters uh, 11, but we will be doing chapter 12 as soon as we can. Moving on to YouTube questions, Daniel S. asks if Sidious told Vader Ahsoka was alive after seeing her in The World Between Worlds. I kind of doubt it. Uh, yeah, I, I doubt it as well. I don't see him being too forthright, like, hey, Vader, just saw your old paddle, um, unless there was a way to, like, hurt him with that information. Yeah, I, I feel like that would only, I don't know, uh, pose pose a problem in Vader's mind, like, that that might give him a little bit of hope, and, and Sidious certainly doesn't want that for Vader. <laughs> yeah, Sidious tends to want to cut off all ties that Vader had to his past. Um, so I don't see him like running over to Vader immediately to be like, guess who I saw. <laughs> now, if, if Sidious had seen Ahsoka die a terrible death, would he have then told Vader? I bet, I bet he would have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Blaze Cap wants to know if Ahsoka has already saved Ezra by the time of the Mandalorian. Lots of people talking about this. I'm going to guess <laughs> yes. Yeah, I... I don't know. the The timeline is still a little bit fuzzy. Uh, that it just really depends on how they go about finding him. Um, I don't think it's going to be broached in the show. No. I don't think they're going to bring it up. I don't think Ezra's going to be there. No, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think Ezra's even going to come up. That's going to be a story to be told another time. Um, because it would, if they were going to tell that story and it happened before or or whenever it happens, it's like, spoiler, they find him. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So we could get introduced to Ahsoka. She's either not going to touch on what she's doing at all, or she's just going to say like, we're in the middle of something. And to me, I'm just more like, okay, it's been five years since Endor and we know they didn't start looking until after Endor and then it's like oh man he's been lost for a long time already so I just don't want him to be uh, lost for that long just for his own sake and sanity yeah it'll be it'll be really interesting to see how they handle 
Ahsoka, if if they even go into it all it, it at all. Victor Norega asks what Ahsoka will do with the child when they first meet. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the meme going around of it's it's the meme of when Ray hands Luke the lightsaber. It's <laughs> Mando's face handing the child to Ahsoka's face on Luke, and then Ahsoka's face on Luke just tosses the child <laughs> back. There's no way she would do that. No. I mean, it's funny, but um, I I don't know. I think she's, people keep asking, like, also, will Ahsoka say the words Baby Yoda? <laughs> uh, oh, it's a Baby Yoda. I don't know. Like, I don't think, especially if we're doing this already in season two, like, she's not going to take the child. No. That's not going to be the end of this story. Uh, well, first of all, I, I like to think that she will hold the child and talk about how cute he is and then just hand him hand him back and say, Well, good luck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what do you want me to do with him? And also, I think it would be very funny if Mando finally finds Ahsoka and he's like, finally, I found a Jedi. And Ahsoka's like, I'm not a Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> like I used to be. Yeah, I'm really interested to see how they handle this interaction. Uh, and, I, and I do like that he is going, hey, to the child, like, I finally know where I am going to take you. And like, in his eyes, this will be the end of his mission. And it's like, no, yeah, you're not done. I mean, my thought is still that he should be searching for the Yoda homeworld. That's what I think makes for the more interesting story, the different new story. Uh, so I'm kind of hopeful that she says something along those lines, like, yeah, the Jedi aren't really a thing anymore. And maybe she'll allude to, yeah, there is this one guy and he might try to start something up, but he's like off exploring right now and we don't know where he is. So I'd probably just take him home and he'll be like, where's that? And she's like, I don't know. Yeah. She, I mean, she could bring up the home world of the species or she could have some sort of knowledge that maybe... He's the last of his kind, mm. which would be sad. Yeah. But I mean, then that tells Mando, okay, well, this is my responsibility from now on. Emerald Reader wants to know if Tar Vizsla could be one of the lost 20. Maybe. So there are like some caveats to being a lost member of the lost 20. What is the lost 20? The, those are the 20 Jedi Masters that left the Order peacefully um so tarvisla yes could have left the order peacefully we don't know his whole timeline like we know he was mandalore we know he made the dark saber we know he was a jedi we don't know when all of those things happened i find it interesting that the jedi seem to have locked up his dark saber as if it were some sort of like oh that shouldn't be out in the world kind of weapon uh so maybe he made it and then Maybe he was kicked out of the order, or maybe he left it peacefully. So it's kind of depends on how he left, but I wouldn't be surprised if he left uh, not peacefully. <laughs> yeah. Troy Williams asks why Beskar isn't blaster proof in the Clone Wars the same way that it is for Din in the Mandalorian. It's literal plot armor. <laughs> That's all it is. Yeah. Or maybe they just had some really... Uh, uniquely powerful weapons back then i don't know in the clone wars i would just assume that 
I, I mean, it's just that they have to be killable. Like they have to be able to be fought. And if the Mandalorians are all flying around, just literally invincible, then it doesn't count. And we do know that the armor can lose its integrity. Uh, I did think Din took a whole lot of shots in chapter 11. I was like, that's too many. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's a plot armor thing. I mean, it, that's all it is. That's the only way I see it. And it's just like one of those things that you got to let slide. Maybe maybe some of those uh, Mandos from Clone Wars actually were wearing Dura Steel. Oh, I thought you were going to say red shirts underneath their armor. <laughs> Because that's what they are. They're the red shirts of the Mandalorians. That's all the time we have for questions today. If you want to leave a question for next week's video, just put it in the comments below or sign up for Patreon to join our weekly Q&A discussion and get a guaranteed response. If you haven't already, please like this video, subscribe to the channel. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitch. And as always, thanks for watching, and may the Force be with you.